This week on the Metal Shop Podcast, we're looking at back at the year that wasn't 2020. And welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we are doing the 2020 wrap-up, the year that wasn't, like Mike said. <laughs> yep. So we're going to do that uh, last Van Halen one next, but we figured we needed a stopgap in between there and kind of talk about the year a little bit. Right. Because we had a holiday episode last year, too. So Right. So this one, obviously, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on because of the whole fucking virus thing and all that shit. Um, Not too many concerts. I figure I usually would go to at least like a concert a month. So I missed at least 12, I would say, shows, maybe more. Uh, I only had tickets to one show, which was Last in Line in Ramona. And that, so that was the only concert that I really know that I missed for sure. How about you? Um, yeah, it's one of those things where I didn't have any tickets that I had on hand. Um, uh, we well, we were gonna try to go uh, see uh, Kiss again, right? When Dave was uh, their opening act, but then that ended up not happening. Mm-hmm. So we have a. We have a storied history at the Metal Shop podcast of not being able to see things at the uh, <laughs> yeah the Sleep Train Amphitheater or whatever the fuck it's called now. <laughs> For sure, yeah. You know what? I I do have. I think I have some Earth, Wind, and Fire Santana tickets that I have to figure out what I'm going to do with that are also from there. So yeah, that's for sure. When the year started, we didn't know what it was going to be like January started. It was momentous because Neil Pert died in January. So that was like a whole trip and a few albums came out. British lion. That's Steve Harris's band. They came out with an album. Uh, Mark Morton, who's the guitarist of lamb of God. He came out with an album 
and Sons of Apollo came out with an album, which was really great album, but it kind of got, you know, put on the back burner because of everything else that started going on directly after that. But one thing that I figured out about our podcast and what we do is that there's a lot of people that have moved beyond what it is that we talk about because I looked up in preparation for this, I looked up the albums of the year and I looked at metal albums of the year and it was that, that dude that does banger that, uh, Sam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that guy. And he has all these contributors to his show and so they all went over their album of the year, and I only knew two of the bands at all. Like, I hadn't even heard of the other bands. So metal's gotten so, you know, genre and subgenre out that a lot of, I think, what's really, like, kind of the more popular metal nowadays, we don't really cover that shit. We, don't, we cover more of the classic shit and the, and the bands that we know and there wasn't really that much activity by uh, by those guys this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was, yeah, it's kind of a trip in that sense. Um, it's the realizing that you're getting older and older, I guess. Um, you know, it's crazy thinking back, you know. I had my uh, hip replacement December 30th of, you know, 2019. So I was going into 2020, like, my hip's going to be better. Mm -hmm. This is going to be my year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably see more shows. I'm going to be more active. Like, things are going to be sick. And then I remember the first couple of days, maybe the first week after my surgery, I'm recovering, you know. And I'm hearing about this coronavirus in China mm -hmm. on the news and shit like that. And I'm going like, oh, this is going to be... We hear this shit every couple of years. There's always the bird flu or swine flu or whatever. And it's always going to be this big deal. And then nobody I know ever gets it. We never have to close down anything. Right. And that was not the case this time. This has been like I've known multiple people now that have gotten COVID. I know people that have lost family members right. to COVID. Like it's you can't really spit without hitting somebody that's, <laughs> yeah. you know had been influenced at this point you know my my parents they kind of matter of factly oh so and so from the alano club died or so and so you know it's like fuck dude yeah and you know marianne from fucking gilligan's island dies of covid yeah damn it i was a marianne fan uh same oh i always i preferred her over a ginger oh yeah big which time. is weird because i usually prefer redheads but Marianne had that uh, girl next door charm to her. And, yeah, she did. I mean, she was 81, but at the same time, that sucks. She looked like she was in good health before all that, but, right. you know. Well, didn't you hear, if they're over 70, the cause of death is old age, okay? Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's a trip that, you know, with all these people being affected, and we still know people that are like, no. You know, we need to go on as before, you know, can't let this, the cure can't be worse than the fucking disease or whatever, all this shit. Yeah. It's just like, man, you know, but it just goes to show that, you know, there's certain people you listen to for certain things and certain people you don't listen to for certain things. And I'm definitely not going to get any medical advice from the comic community or whatever, <laughs> you know. No shit. <laughs> So the so the year started off 
you know, like I said, Neil Peart, that was that was a bummer. Uh, not a lot of people knew that was coming. I think um, people kind of figured that he had, you know, kind of dropped out of public life for some reason. But I don't think anybody knew that it was that it was that. February, the Ozzy album came out, and we recorded that episode at your house. And I think we did the body count episode at your house. So I think March was probably the last time we recorded at your pad. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we did body count here or if we did that uh, <laughs> over Zoom. Yeah, it all blends together. But the Ozzy, we definitely did at your house, right? You know what? Our first episode we did via zoom was the shooting the shit one yeah so i think that was after body count yeah because that was i can find this out real quick gonna check us out on spotify (laughs) yeah so we did do body count uh via zoom our first one our first zoom episode was in may actually because you did the scorpions by yourself oh yeah yeah that's right. I'm sure people will really love this part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that we're getting good at the editing. We edited like a good 20 minutes off of uh, the last episode. So people don't have to hear like everything we have to say. But, you know, hopefully we, we can keep it interesting that way. Yeah. So that was a whole. Yeah, that was a whole deal because I was recovering from eye surgery. Then you were able to start coming over and. Right. Uh, record at my pad while I was still in recovery. Walked the dog for me that one time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> then you had your surgery, so we had to wait till you were able to speak again. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, and because of Zoom, we haven't been able to have the output that we normally have. You would think, you know, being able to record whenever would make it easier, but it's just two tracks that you got to edit instead of one. We, I mean, you know, we tend to talk over each other just because, but you know what? I was watching some fucking, um, that CNN New Year's Eve shit last night and they were doing it on Zoom and those motherfuckers were talking over each other like crazy. So I guess it's just one of those things that comes with the, comes with the medium. Yeah. So February, uh, February, we had albums come out by Napalm Death who uh, I've, I was never really a fan of Napalm Death, but that name's been around so long that when I saw it, I you know figured, okay, we'll mention that. STP, which I haven't really given them a proper chance with the new singer. I'm not sure, but I don't know if you gave that a, a listen at all. That new Anvil album came out, which Anvil's one of those bands that I really love in theory. <laughs> You know, I liked what they did. I loved their documentary. I loved the way they influenced a lot of other bands. But there's just something about the band that really just doesn't resonate with me for whatever. I think it's the singer. But, you know, okay, Anvil. Uh, Biff from Saxon, Biff Byford, came out with an album. The new Ozzy came out in February, which, you know, we reviewed that one pretty in-depthly. And I heard that he's coming out with another one soon that they're recording now. We. (laughs) Yeah. And also a band from San Diego called Psychotic Waltz uh, came out with an album in February. And the reason I bring them up is because they were like contemporaries of mine in the days when they were called Oslan. And they were kind of the beginnings of power metal, too. Like that was uh, that was their thing, and they're still around. Psychotic Waltz, they're called now from San Diego. after that lion from uh the lion the witch and the wardrobe yeah exactly which nobody knew what that was back in those days which is probably why they changed it i misheard that and it sound i thought it was something cooler at first i thought you said otslan like the uh ancestral home of the aztec i'm like oh shit the aztec power metal we thought would be would be badass (laughs) right yeah yeah no it was the lion yeah never mind 
So those guys were actually pretty good. I, I liked those guys a long time ago. I'm not sure what they're sounding like now, but, you know, I'm down for whatever uh, in San Diego. Um, I remember back in the days they had a, a guitar player that was in a wheelchair, and he was pretty good. But uh, And they were a good band. So uh, Aslan slash Psychotic Waltz. Nobody died in February, so that was good. <laughs> That's always a plus. Yeah, a, a big part of this episode is going to be like who died this year. So um, in March, Body Count's new album came out, which we liked, I think. I liked it. Yeah, we dug it. Uh, there was a new album by Burzum. That is the dude who, uh, the dude who killed the dude from Mayhem. Yeah. Right? And he, but I never really dug that music. It was like very much, uh, you know, one microphone in the middle of the room and fucking some guys that were barely learning to play. But, um, but they were huge and it was a big thing. And I tripped out on all that, uh, the story of mayhem and, and, uh, you know, the church burnings and all that. Um, I saw the movie. They had a movie with one of the one of the Culkins was in it. Oh uh, yeah, I think it was Kieran Culkin. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. So you know, whatever. Yeah, I never got too much into the Norwegian black metal. Yeah, neither. Did, we've talked about that. How neither did I. Um, it was. It's it's just too fucking much, really. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely I we've kicked it around about doing an episode about it because. The story of all this shit is fucking insane. Mm -hmm. And it's super interesting, but the music itself I'm not a big fan of, but everything else surrounding it makes for a good story. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like my metal to be more fun and more tongue-in-cheek and not let's actually burn down the churches and murder each other. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Nine Inch Nails came out with an album in March also. And Candlemass came out with an album, which I like that Candlemass album. It's fucking heavy, man. Uh, and, you know, I dig it.
Candlemass is, I mean, they're pretty much, they're one of the OGs of doom metal. Like, they're the first ones to really take the Sabbath formula more directly and run with it, you know. It's what I was looking up a thing because I also wanted to do a, a doom metal episode sometime since we've done things, you know, like power metal and hair metal. Mm-hmm. And when I was going over my, uh, I was going over like the best doom metal albums of all time. Number two was Candlemass's first album. Mm-hmm. And number one was Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Well, there you go. Right on. Okay, so April... By April, now we're in starting to get locked down and shit, and everything's pretty much canceled. There's nothing else, nothing going on. And the albums that came out in April, Blaze Bailey came out with an album, which I've considered this now, in a sense, kind of like Ronnie Romero. We saw a, a Facebook post, I sent it to you, where Ronnie Romero's kind of disgruntled nowadays, like, I guess... He didn't think the business was going to turn out to be how the business is. And, you know, he's kind of unhappy with, you know, the credit he's been given for things or how much is expected of him to uh, kiss certain people's ass or whatever the case might be. And so you'd think, you know, maybe he's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have joined Rainbow or maybe I shouldn't have done this. But every time I think that, I think, nah... Because look at Blaze Bailey. I mean, Blaze Bailey can tour from now until the end of time just based on the fact that he was an Iron Maiden. Yeah. In Europe, in Eastern Europe, especially in South America, that's huge, you know? So I think, like, when you're offered a gig like that, you have to take it, even if you don't think it might work out, even if you don't think it might not be permanent, you still have to probably take it because it can fucking it can open a lot of doorways for you in the future. Oh, totally. It's like, you know, it's, it's like getting a credit as a comedian, you know, Mm -hmm. like an illegitimate TV credit or something or a legitimate movie credit that ups your value. You know, nobody was going to know who Ronnie Romero was until he joined rainbow. Right. And you know, nobody, I mean, blaze Bailey had a little bit of a name for himself. Mm -hmm when he joined Maiden back in the day and the fact that he has a career still mm-hmm. based on being the worst singer in Iron Maiden, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something like nobody, like nobody sits down. Like there's some people that I've been like, no man, you gotta, those Blaze Bailey albums are actually good. Mm. Nobody, you know, there's some people that will try to give those albums props, but I've never seen anybody be like, Oh, he was actually better than Bruce oh, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. No, no. For those albums, I I like one or two songs on on each one, but that's about as far as I can go on that. But like I say, so he's he's got a new album. I'm sure as soon as he'll be touring, he'll be able to tour. Testament came out with a new album, which was a good record. I liked it. I like Alex Skolnick. He's a great guitarist.
Nightwish, which is, you know, kind of the newer maybe direction that popular metal might be going in. Surith Ungol, that's a name that I've just always seen. And, uh, <laughs> you know, okay. Danzig Sings Elvis came out in April. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that until, like, I saw some people doing recaps of, like, the most fucked up things that happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, shit, Danzig Sings Elvis came out this year. Yeah. And I, I remember when it was announced, finally, I had joked, I can't wait to li- I can't wait to not listen to this, you know? Yeah. But I actually listened to it and what <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. You know, here's the thing. It wasn't bad. <sighs> okay. It was bad. Right. It wasn't bad in the ways you thought it would be bad. Mm-hmm. Because Danzig's voice is still a little bit there. He was working to his vocal strengths. It was bad because one, the production was shit. Mm-hmm. It just sounded like a demo it sounded like danzig and just strumming on a guitar in like his basement or something (laughs) and two it was a weird song choice Mm. he did like deep elvis cuts basically which i get it to an extent like i don't think i wanted to actually hear elvis danzig sing viva las vegas (laughs) or anything (laughs) Come on back to the playhouse Where you may go to college You may go to school You may drive a big Cadillac But you be nobody's fool Come back baby Come back baby Come back, baby, I want to play house Well, this is entertainment, baby What I'm talking about Come on back to me, little girl So we can play some house Now, baby, come back, baby, girl Come back, baby, girl Come back, baby, I want to play house Yeah But I don't know I, I'm not a huge Elvis fan so I don't know most of the songs he did on this. Right. You know? Yeah. It's funny because back in the days, Lenny's mom used to say that Danzig sounded like a bad Elvis. So we already kind of had that in mind that, oh, hey, wouldn't that be funny if if Danzig did some Elvis songs? As it turns out, it probably would have been funnier back then. Yeah. May comes along and Bob Kulik died. And Bob Kulik is, uh, he's kind of a peripherally known through Kiss because he was involved in Kiss in the early days. I'm not sure if it's true that he was like up for the original gig and Ace got it. That's what, um, uh, that's according to like uh, Gene and Paul, that was the case. It was, it came down to Bob and, and Ace and they went with Ace. Right. They thought Ace just... The, his feel mashed a little bit better. It was like they to them. It was like they're looking at two different sides of Jimmy Page, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and where Bob was the more technically proficient in that mold, mm-hmm. where Ace would kind of had the more the attitude, and he's a little sloppier, but he is you know there's just something there. Yeah. So they went with Ace. Yeah, he was cooler. 
But Bob, he got to um, record, you know, the uh, studio songs that were on um, Kiss Alive 2. Right. As, other than the one song that Ace did, he did all the guitar. Uh, he played lead in all those. Mm-hmm. So to him, it was like him being able to sit down and go like, oh, this is what it could have been if I joined the band. Right. And then his little brother got to join the band later. So Right. You know, it's funny because Kiss is one of the one of the few bands that will that has straight up lied to us about who's on the album you know where it just says guitars by ace freely and ace freely didn't play shit on this you know but you know yeah that's that's part of uh part of kiss i guess and then you like you said bruce kulik joined uh and i was a bruce kulik fan like i famously hate on tommy thayer but it's really not because he's in Kiss. It's because he dresses up like Ace in Kiss. If he didn't dress up yeah. like Ace, it would be fine. I never hated on on Bruce Kulick. I thought he was, you know, fine and uh, and really um, talented guitar player. All, all I think all of Kiss's guitar players have been talented. Even Tommy Thayer, although you know, I think he's not he's not my favorite one. Well, I think Bruce is probably the best all-around talent yeah. they had um, after A's. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so in May, also, Killswitch Engage came out with an album. Paradise Lost came out with an album, which was on somebody's list for the best album, best metal album of the year. Somebody from that banger video that I saw, <laughs> that band Oz that I talk about here and there from the f- uh, Finnish band, they came out with a record, 
and then Behemoth and Gravedigger came out with albums. So there's some there's some albums coming out, and I'm and I'm really assuming that a lot of bands are recording this year, and we're gonna get a lot of new albums next year because of of the time that they had. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I was just looking around a little bit. I wanted to go back to Bob for a second. He has played on a fuckload of albums, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I didn't know he was in Wasp. He was actually in Wasp. Yeah, he was. In, he did two records with Wasp as their lead guitarist. Uh, he, did a, he did a Michael Bolton album. Yeah. In 83. That must have been like Bolton's like when he was like a metal dude. Yeah. Which is fucking hilarious it is i don't know what i remember learning about that and then finding some of the shit he did because he had talked about how he almost got like the black sabbath gig Mm -hmm. back in the day it would have been like around seventh star or something like that yeah and i was like fucking what and then i saw like his like metal shit and i'm like that would have been a hundred percent in line with what was going on on Seven Star, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's funny because in uh, I I actually was reading Iomi's book and then I hit pause on that because I got a bunch of magazines that I wanted to read. But uh, he actually talks about he really hits on things really really briefly. But he talked about you know Michael Bolton being up for the gig and just kind of in an offhand kind of says uh we probably should have hired him you know so i don't know if if he just like since then really gained an appreciation for michael bolton's voice or uh somehow thinks that you know he could have gotten that popularity to go in a metal way or i don't know but he kind of says yeah you know we should have probably hired him which i would have never thought he would say that but there you go i just i can't <laughs> i can't imagine it making much of a of a difference like who the, it would have if anything it could have been like i don't know he would have done that one record or something with them and then went on to do the michael bolton thing anyway yeah and it had just been this weird this very weird thing in time where everybody's like hey this fucking wuss crooner did a black sabbath record right like nobody like it would retroactively make people like stay the fuck away from that record more right you know it would be a super bitch if it didn't work out in sabbath and it also fucked up his future for a fucking contemporary adult career because he was in sabbath you know (laughs) there's (laughs) That's a weird, there's a weird timeline where that happened, I guess, yeah. where just Michael Bolton's career was ruined yeah. by being on Seventh Star. Yeah. He oh, couldn't yeah. become an adult contemporary crooner because nobody wanted to listen to the guy that was in Black Sabbath right. sing love songs. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. fuck, dude. You imagine him being on tour with Sabbath singing like Trashed or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so the other, uh, oh, June, okay, June. Paul Chapman died, and Paul Chapman was the other guitar player for UFO. And basically, like, he was kind of the first guy that I ever saw that had, like, a hybrid role on stage because he would play rhythm guitar on on the songs that needed rhythm guitar, and then he would play keyboards on the songs that needed keyboards. So he was kind of like a utility guy. 
you know. <laughs> and he was good, man. Really good rhythm player. Really good keyboardist. Left, you know, the whole stage open for Michael Schenker or Vinnie Moore or whoever was the UFO guitarist at the time. A good bandmate in UFO. And I saw them last year with him. So that was pretty cool. Uh, the other albums that came out in June were uh, Michael Angel Badio came out with an album. And he's, uh, you know, the super ambidextrous, super high speed, super fucking weird ass guy uh, who plays guitar. Lamb of God came out with an album. And your favorite band, Trapped. <laughs> Trapped came out with an album before, I guess, now they've fired their singer. Well, that turned out to be a hoax. Is that right? Somebody set up a fake a fake account on Parler mm. and then said claimed it was like the trapped official Parler account and that the what's his face got fired. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Which uh I thought it was hilarious at first, but yeah, oh well. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't know why I hate trapped as much as I do. It's really the <laughs> fact that they had that one hit way way back in right. like 2002 or something right and i hated that song it sucked but then they vanished forever and then all of a sudden he like they popped up again like the last couple of years because the lead singer is like super maga mm-hmm. and like just talking shit on people all the time on twitter and being like you're a fucking piece of shit you're a beta it's like who what <laughs> well i guess it was enough to get a new album out of them so Look at, for that new Trapped album. Yeah. You know, I have a um, I have a pet peeve about names of bands that are intentionally spelled wrong. I I don't know why. I've never liked it. I've it's always been a thing for me. It kind of a bought into the to the myth that you know metal is dumb or metalheads are dumb or you know whatever. So that was another thing that you know fucked me up with Trapped. Was yeah. the uh, well the big frog formerly a blacksmith with a Y? Yeah, doesn't like misspelled names. <laughs> well, but see, but but see, but myth is spelled with a Y. See, that was uh, yeah, see, okay. uh, missed it. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> July, um, nobody died. That's cool. Kiko Loredo from Now of Megadeth came out with his solo album. It's really good. Really great guitar player. Uh, he he puts a lot of that South American music into his instrumentals, which make them a little bit different from the standard guys who are going. So if you like shred guitar albums with a little bit of a different flavor, check out that Kiko album. Uh, Udo Dirk Schneider came out with a new UDO album. And, you know, obviously he's the dude from Except. Uh, when they broke up, it kind of worked out for everyone because now you've got like two bands you can see. Because Except sounds pretty much just like Except used to sound. And Udo sounds pretty much like Except used to sound. So it's almost like <laughs> having two Accepts, which, uh, which is cool. If you like Except. If you like Except. <laughs> and uh, Alcatraz's album came out. In July, and there's also now two Alcatrazes. So, <sighs> yeah, that, I was gonna say that's just the one of the weirder th- happenings of 2020 is going from having no 
Alcatrazes <laughs> to two. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, it's funny because I've seen, I saw Alcatraz uh, and I saw Graham Bonnet's band last year. And it's basically the same thing, or it was basically the same thing. So I don't know what the difference will be. The new version of Alcatraz has Doogie White, and the rest of the band is Joe Stump and Jimmy Waldo. And it's a great band either way. The thing is, is uh, I don't know if um, Alcatraz without Graham Bonnet will still play like the Rainbow Songs or the couple of Michael Schenker songs, because they've always been in the Alcatraz set. So it kind of would make sense if they still played them. Then again, their Graham Bonnet songs, which he'll obviously still play them. Then again, Doogie White was also in Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what, what the difference will be. Honestly, I'd go see either one or both. That would be awesome. Joe Stump is in Alcatraz now, and he's really like, some of his solo albums sound like Ingve. So he is like the closest thing that you could get to Ingve without it being Ingve. So that part's great. Uh, and, I, and I was so looking forward to seeing that. So, you know, it seems like either way, two Alcatraz is okay. That's, that's cool. <laughs> think it was funny though when you sent me the thing initially <clears throat> my brain took a second to catch up because mm -hmm. you sent me a thing basically announcing doogie white is in alcatraz mm -hmm. and i was like oh sick doogie's doing something wait <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know 
and then I got confused. But it's like, is it is it Alcatraz without Grand Bonnet? Why I don't know why they wouldn't just name it a different thing at that point because it's his band, right? You know, right. So another album that came out in uh, July was D. Snyder's album for the Love of Metal, and he also did a live uh, DVD of it. And it was pretty awesome because his band he put together was great. D is still like in really good shape. He commands the stage. You could hear like the twisted some of Twisted Sisters' better songs without you know having anybody dressed up like Twisted Sister. So that was cool. I really liked it, you know. Um, and and I was never a big uh, D Snyder fan or Twisted Sister fan, but. Uh, I like the album and I like the DVD. It was very, very metal. Nice. I need to check that one out actually, since I I've been a pretty big proponent of Twisted Sister and D Snyder and thinking they don't get the due mm-hmm. that you know either deserve and D especially. Like if you take him out of Twisted Sister, like you said, when he's not in like the full getup and he can be a little more serious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dude's still got a he's got fucking pipes for oh, yeah, days. Yeah. So cool. I'll send it I'll send that to you. August. August was a month where a lot of people died on that one. Martin Birch died, which uh, you know, I think that we uh, we probably get into producers a lot more than maybe other people talk about, but it's important. I mean, you know, that dude had his hands on the board for a lot of great records, man, from Deep Purple to Iron Maiden to Sabbath. Shit. He was he molded those records and and you know, obviously those records have a sound and personality of their own because of him. Yeah. I mean he helped, you know, almost as much as some of the, you know, the big musicians, he kinda helped shape metal mm-hmm. really. You know, he's like you said, he had his he has his handprints over a lot of people's favorites battle albums. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, we gave him a shout out when he had—I think he had passed away a couple days before when we were recording our last uh, Motorhead ep- episode. I think it was. Yeah, but, yeah. Then we had to figure out why I put uh, why you played. Yeah, why you played uh, Stargazer at the end of the Motorhead right <laughs> episode. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so also Frankie Benali died from Quiet Riot. Uh, I thought he was a really good, you know, solid, heavy drummer. You know, one of those kind of more in the Vinnie Appice, uh way than in um, some others. But, uh, you know, Quiet Riot was one of those things that hung on too long. I saw them at the end, which was him and a, and a side band. Uh, and they weren't good. So Jizzy, yeah, Jizzy Pearls in that band, um, <laughs> but you know, hey, uh, the that's the thing is, you know, I'm noticing more and more nowadays that basically, if you're a musician and you were ever in a band that was big, that's going to be your way to continue playing because there really isn't any retirement plan for these guys anymore. There's not there. It's not the same amount of money in it that you could just, you know, retire to your uh, estate in England or whatever the fuck anymore. It's a whole different ball game now, and a lot of these guys are playing until they, until they drop from it, and that's what Frankie did. So you know, 
R.I.P. Frankie Benali. Yeah, and I, I guess Quiet Riot's gonna continue on too. Yeah, like with no original members. That's but. that's whack. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna do that, then they should really consider getting some guys that sound like the guys that were in Quiet Riot. <laughs> Yeah, they should, they should consider being good and not bad. Yeah, yeah, so, you know. And also, Pete Way died in August. Uh, Pete Way was a character, you know. He was, uh, I guess, so bad of a drunk that they didn't want him in Ozzy's band because he was a bad influence on Ozzy. That's saying something. Yeah. He was, a, you know, he was a... a Really good bass player, you know, in UFO. Very influential. He was like Steve Harris's guy. You know, Steve Harris jacked the, the striped pants from Pete Way and, you know, holding his bass down low and stuff. So, you know, real influential guy. Also a member of Fastway, founding member of Fastway, which uh, I think could have been a really good band if they had continued. Uh, so, yeah, Pete Way. And in August, we had albums from Blue Oyster Cult and Deep Purple, which these are bands that I'm really no longer interested in their new releases. You know, um, not to say that there couldn't be something good on them. There probably is, but I, I haven't stopped to listen to them. And I recently downloaded a concert because Blue Oyster Cult has all these like concerts coming out in high def and you know whatever. So I was like, you know what? I haven't seen Blue Oyster Cult in a million years because they never went the route of discounting tickets like a lot of older bands did. They just played smaller places at full price, you know. <laughs> so I didn't go see them. I didn't go see them. And uh, then I downloaded some of these DVDs and then I realized why I didn't go see them. Because they're just like, you know, they're just old and they just stand there and they just play these songs. And it's really not, I mean, it is what it is, but they still sound good. They sound good, but they're, they're nothing to look at or, uh, or really get too far into as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean... That uh, Deep Purple album I gave a listen to, and I actually enjoyed it. There was some pretty decent stuff on there. Yeah, Steve Morse is a hell of a guitar player. You still got Ian Gillen. You still got um, Roger Glover, you know, Ian Pace. It's, you know, some bound to, bound to have some good shit on there. Uh, it's just, you know, to me, it's just, you know, I don't know. And then again, you know, you know, the Deep Purple without Blackmore is not really my thing. So... So there goes that. Uh, other bands that came out with things, Hailstorm, which I I see that chick Lizzie Hale on all my guitar magazines all the time. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people like that. What, do, you, do you like Hailstorm? Yeah, they're all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not not really my jam, but uh, yeah, I mean I like like them enough. But there you go. Uh, Camelot came out with a new album. I like them. They're pretty cool. Unleash the Archers. That's something that I see on a lot of um, lists of newer bands that that are good. They came out with an album. Vicious Rumors is actually a band from my days. And Vinnie Moore was in that band back in the days. I have no idea who's in that band now or what they're doing. <laughs> but I liked them a long time ago. 
John Petrucci came out with an album, which, you know, he's unreal as a guitarist. He's one of those guys who really doesn't look like he's trying very hard, and he's just doing amazing, amazing, amazing shit. Uh, more guitar-oriented than the Dream Theater albums, which are also quite guitar-oriented, so this is even more than that. It's really, it's a lot of guitar, but if you like that kind of shit, then you're going to love it. Metallica S and M two came out, which uh, I dug it, man. It's it's um, for for me a lot of other bands that play with orchestras. It's just kind of the orchestra playing along with the band songs, and that's okay, that's cool. But for this one, it's like they actually wrote a score for the for the orchestra to play and. It really melds with with Metallica at a higher level than most of these things that I've seen before. Yeah, that's like you said. That was one good thing that I really enjoyed about the S and M's is that it's they're not just playing along with the band. It's intertwining with it. It's you know adding some flavor here or there. It's you know just doing different things where, like you said, it's a score. And not just, we're going to also play Enter Sandman. We're going to play, it's like them playing around it. As if, it sounds like, you know, if Metallica had like 500 members, <laughs> you know, they all had to write right. parts for the song type of thing. But I enjoyed S&M too. Um, one thing that bothered me about it, and it's a petty thing, is they had, you know, I like the first S&M. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like, you know, I would have preferred that they did more songs that they didn't do on that one already because they did. Yeah. Um, on the first S and M out of like of the songs that they have on this one, they had done 
They did a live version of The Ecstasy of Gold, which that's fine. Mm-hmm. They did Call of Cthulhu. They did For Whom the Bell Tolls. They did The Memory Remains. They did Outlaw Torn. They didn't, you know, No Leaf Clover was written for S&M and then they played it on this again. Uh, <laughs> right. They did um, uh, one Master of Puppets, Nothing Else Matters, Enter Sandman. So there's a lot of stuff that they had done on the previous one. And it was still cool, but I, you know, when I heard them announce S and M two, I thought we we're gonna get more classic songs that they didn't do on the first one. I thought we we're gonna get like Creeping Death or Fade right. to Black stuff like that on it, since they didn't have it on the first one, and then they didn't have it on this also. Right. So, but they did the Day That Never Comes, which is musically similar to Fade to Black. You know, and I'm like, well, you could have just done Fade to Black there instead of a song off Death Magnetic. Yeah. And, you know. I agree. The songs they did, they picked from their later albums, I didn't have too much of a problem with the choices. So. Right. Yeah, but there was too much retreaded ground for me uh, on that one. September, a couple people died in September. Uh, Lee Kerslake died, and obviously he was from Ozzy and um, Uriah Heep, which is another thing that they always mention Uriah Heep, and and I guess Uriah Heep was big in those days, but I just like I missed them somehow, and I never really got into Uriah Heep, but obviously uh, he did great. Great, great work on those first two Ozzy albums. Uh, I saw him. He made an appearance at the Randy Rhodes Remembered Festival that me and Lonnie went to. And uh, I just remember, like, he was really, really fat. And he was wearing, like, a, a Hawaiian shirt. And I was like, damn, that fool's big. And they were like, oh, it's Lee Kerslake. And 
at the time he was like embroiled in a thing where <laughs> I guess he didn't have his gold albums of the first two albums and he really wanted them and whatever. And so Ozzy got them to him, you know, like here's a, another set of gold albums or whatever, um, which was really cool because he got them right before he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was literally him saying like, I am dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would like to have these gold, these gold albums that I earned, like just to, just to look at a little bit before I die, I guess. I don't right. know. But yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing when you feel like that mortality coming upon you, whatever it is that's important to you comes to the surface. And I guess that was pretty important to him to get those records. And so it's good that he got them. Um, you know, uh, it was, you know, gracious of Ozzy and Sharon to, to uh, make that happen for him, which, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, it must not have cost too much for them to do it or else. Yeah. Well, I mean, keeping in mind at one point they had re-recorded, you know, Blizzard mm-hmm. and had, you know, the, the drummer at the time do his drum parts. Just yeah. like how they had Rob Trujillo uh, do Bob Daisley's bass and right. shit. So it's like they've already dicked him around right. before. Yeah. It's cool that the later reissues of Blizzard don't have that bullshit 2002 remix remaster whatever you want to call it it was a re it was a half re-recorded album and it's fucking weird sounding yeah it doesn't because sound good. you have yeah because you have bass and drums that were recorded in 2002 playing next to vocals and guitar that were recorded in like 1979 and 1980 you know yeah so yeah totally mark stone died who was the original bassist for van halen and that's Interesting for no other reason than Eddie died the next month later. So, yeah, that was a trip. He seems like a pretty cool guy. I've seen him in interviews where he talks about the band. And he was a guy, I guess, in uh, in college who had more shit going on than the rest of them. As far as like legitimate, uh, he was doing good in school he had, you know, um, legitimate career paths that he, you know, they were talking about him maybe being a doctor or something like that. And so it was kind of one of those where he had too much going for him to like go all in on a band and it ended up maybe being the wrong choice or whatever. Yeah, well, you never know if uh, Mike Anthony was that that little flavoring they needed also but right you know you never know it's just like when you had uh what's his name like pete best or something that Mm -hmm. got fired or quit the beatles and they replaced him with ringo yeah you never know and then the beatles blew up right after that you you never know so in a sense i kind of like you know i sometimes feel bad for these guys i sometimes don't you know like for example like you know, Pete, like Pete Willis from Def Leppard, I really feel sorry for him because, you know, that he was like an integral part of Def Leppard and then he was out and then he never made it. And you could kind of tell from, you know, his interviews that he's, you know, kind of bitter about it, considering that they stuck with everybody else, even through alcoholism, even through a cut off arm, you know, 
but yeah but they didn't stick with him so that's kind of you know i feel bad for certain dudes but for mark stone it kind of seems like he still had a pretty cool life and he got to be what he considered to be L.A. famous, yeah. you know, because he talks about walking around L.A. in the early days and he, it was like he was a star, you know. So he got to do that and have a kind of a regular life. That's, you know, not so bad. Yeah. Okay, so uh, albums that came out. Uh, Marilyn Manson came out with an album. Striper came out with an album. Uh, Mastodon. That Ace Freely Origins 2, which I liked, of course, because I like everything that Ace comes out with, pretty much. The Deftones came out with an album. The Deftones are one of those bands that people talk to me about the Deftones as if they're sure that I know everything about the Deftones and like them. <laughs> yeah, and I really just don't, but I, I, I kind of feel like I should get into them because... Something about them makes people think I would like them. So I'm going to have to check them out a little bit further. Maybe maybe see them live and see if maybe that's it. That's the missing part of it. But like I say, they, they came out with an album too. And Derek Sherinian. Derek Sherinian is like, he's like the shredder of keyboards in this modern era. So he's in all the... Um, He's on Steve Vai projects, the Tony McAlpine projects, and uh, he's in Sons of Apollo, and he's in all these all these groups. But he's just like the dude for keyboards. Uh, him and uh, Jens Johansson are the go-to dudes for metal keyboards nowadays. So he came out with an album, which is great. It's it's a keyboard shred album, guitar shred album. It's you know I like that kind of shit. So check that one out. I think it's called The Phoenix, Derek Sherinian. October, October, Eddie Van Halen. That was a bummer. It was a bummer to me because I was still hoping that something new would come out. You know, that uh, I was always hoping for that. Hey, you know what? Eddie just decided he's going to just release all of his instrumental guitar tracks on an album this month. You know, it's going to be awesome. I was always waiting for that. And who knows, that stuff might still come because... I mean, it seems like Wolfie's really engaged with being 
the oh. one who's going to carry on the Van Halen uh, mantra for the future, you know. He might come out with all those demos. Maybe there's some video. I, I'm I'm glad that it's in the hands of Wolfgang and not some record exec somewhere. Yeah, so that's for sure. I You know, I'm sure he'll do something with it. He's also got his own project. He finally released that fucking... Started releasing some shit from that album, and they're cool, <laughs> you know. So, mm-hmm. well, like like everybody said, you know, it, you shouldn't expect for it to be like a Van Halen, oh yeah, album or a Van Halen project. You know, he's a different guy from a different age, you know. And while he uh, obviously was raised around that shit, doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be like that. But like you said, I like I like some of the stuff that I've heard from it. It's pretty cool. October albums, Corey Taylor came out with one. He's the dude from Slipknot and Stone Sour, and he's all right. I didn't really get into that album very much, but from what I heard of it, it's okay. Tommy Lee came out with an album, and his shits, his albums that he comes out with are always weird. Yeah, I'm not a fan. He's always into some... Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Although he seems like a pretty cool guy to party with. I don't really like his taste in music, yeah. let's just say. Marty Friedman came out with an album. He's fucking great. He's another one of those guys who... He's a one-man guitar show. I would say if you if you were going to go to a guitar show where it's just going to be like the guitar is the front man, his show is great. Uh, John Five is great. Buckethead is great. And then, of course, Yngwie's great. But Marty Friedman's right up there in that echelon of players who can just carry the whole show by himself. Great guitar player. He plays songs from the Megadeth catalog. You know, uh, a lot of good shit at his shows. Uh, Armored Saint came out with an album, which is really fucking kick-ass album. Definitely listen to that new Armored Saint. Armored Saint is one of those bands that really... I should have loved Armored Saint this whole time. And I just, for whatever reason, missed the boat on them when I was a kid. So I liked them a lot, but I don't like them with the same depth of the bands that I liked back then. But they are one of my, um, outside of, you know, the handful of bands that are my favorite bands, they're right outside of that. And their new album is really fucking great. Hammerfall came out with a new album which is good if you like Hammerfall, and I do. So I like that album. And Mr. Bungle <laughs> came out with an album in October, which was their original demo, I guess. And people love them so much and love Faith No More so much that they can just release an unreleased demo and people will buy it. And I really have no idea why, because I can't stand any of that shit. <laughs> but there it is. Um, you like that shit? Not, not really been all into Faith No More and shit like that. Like, I get why people like it, but it's never been my thing. Right, right. No, people love it, though, man. People love Mike Patton. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know, but he's the son of the dude from 8 is Enough. That, I don't know if you ever remember that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was before your days. But the dad on that show is Mike Patton's dad. Hmm. So that's interesting. Um, November, Nobody Died, Excelente. Albums came out, Fate's Warning. Fate's Warning is another really good band, man. They're kind of in that Queensryche vein. 
Uh, they just never hit it as big as Queensryche, but I really like them. Uh, Jeff Scott Soto has a solo album, which he like, he's a metal singer, but he's also into a lot of different types of other music. So, you know, he was in Journey for a minute. And so he has different tastes that come out in, in his solo album. It's a pretty good record. Phil Campbell's got a new album where it's it's uh, Phil Campbell and the Bastards. And it's just him and a bunch of fools. And it's really good, you know. He plays rock and roll still. So that's that's awesome that, that he's doing that. Another another guy who's put together like an all-star kind of solo band is Dave Ellison from Megadeth. And uh, his album is pretty good. It's got a lot of cool shit on it. It's very metal. Dark Tranquility came out with an album. Sodom came out with an album. Dream Theater came out with a live album, which is just... Uh, so impressive to listen to that shit whether you're a dream theater fan or not it's hard not to be impressed with the shit that they do oh for sure so technical and so fucking crazy and then iron maiden came out with um the live in mexico city album which is called knights of the dead legacy of the beast live in mexico city it's great man it's uh the drums on that record for a live album is like really the pinnacle of recording drums. I've never heard drums sound so fucking good on a live album as they sound on this one. And it was exactly that way when we saw them in L.A. I left the the uh, the stadium going, fucking Nico. Those fucking drums sounded fucking awesome. And that's the way this album sounds. So, you know... It's a total uh, running time, 50 minutes on each one. So that's 100 minutes of a live album, and it's it's pretty badass. You know, Bruce's voice is, you know, it's not, it's not what it was. I mean, obviously, he's held up better than most guys of his age, which is what sets him apart. But, you know, obviously, he's an older dude. His voice is going to be a little bit... Um, a little bit tried over this time, but shit, the drop off is minimal. The rest of the band is tight as fuck. And like I said, the drums sound crazy. Yeah. I mean, it helps that, you know, they're 60 year old dudes that don't play or sound like 60 year old dudes. Like there's still so much energy to Iron Maiden. Like it's just, they're, they're, they're like, like motorhead in that respect where it's like, I feel like it's going to be like awesome, 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 awesome. And then someone's dead. (laughs) So, yeah. And you know what, man, I tell you what, when, um, when they stop, when Iron Maiden stops, that's going to be the band. That's going to, going to be the hardest for me to ever replace because it's the band that, um, I think their more recent albums have been more, relevant like you know matter of life and death and dance of death those are albums that you know have been relevant in the last you know 20 years whereas other bands haven't really had that so that the active touring the fact that i've seen them every year for the past who knows how many years yeah i'm gonna be bummed out when they finally fucking hang it up and i I don't know how it's gonna happen but any which way that it does, that's going to be a band that I'm going to really miss. 
Oh, totally. brings us to the end of the line December and Leslie West just died uh, he was the guitarist from Mountain and you know he had a lot of classic riffs a lot of classic solos the Mississippi Queen riff is one of the most sampled riffs of all time uh, he was Randy, one of Randy Rhodes's favorite guitarists so that's how I found out about him and, you know, great guitarist, you know, great band. You know, towards the end there, he had his legs amputated. So he was kind of in a, you know, bad way already Yeah. before this. Again, sad. You could kind of see it coming, you know. I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure doctors over the years told him he needed to lose weight. And, you know, yeah. he didn't, so... When you're a big dude that had both of his legs amputated, you're not long for the world, you know? Yeah, you know, so a Chris Cornell package was put out of, I guess, I'm really not sure what, what they would be, uh, maybe some studio outtakes or whatever. And just because I saw Papa Roach, I was like, fucking Papa Roach is around still? Okay. <laughs> So they came out with an album. And then last night, uh, Kiss played their Farewell to 2020 or whatever it was. Farewell to 2020 in Dubai. In yeah. Dubai. And uh, I was watching it right up until we started recording. And it was a trip. I mean, it was huge. Like where the stage was, 
it was facing the hotel and then directly in front of the stage was like swimming pool slash lake slash where they have cabanas and you know all these things and there were some few people sitting around there yeah and there were some few people standing around the stage but i guess most of the people were watching from the hotel huh so if you had your room in the hotel then you could see the the whole everything to watch kiss and yeah, we watched Kiss, and it was, I guess, the py- the biggest pyrotechnics show of all time. They were shooting the fire cannons into the air higher than anyone ever has before. So it's a Guinness Book of World Records for highest flames shot in the air. Um, well, if you can't be the best band musically, you can always shoot flames the highest ever. You know, <laughs> so they did that. When they took the stage, I, I noticed a couple of things. Paul Stanley started talking with that raspy voice, same raspy voice that he had when we saw him last last time mm-hmm. when they came, when I thought, oh, man, is he going to sound like shit because the voice doesn't. But he didn't sound like shit. He sounded fine. Yeah, backing tracks will, <laughs> will do that for you. Yeah, backing tracks there probably. Gene, it seems like he's getting wider. So they keep making his suit bigger. And now he doesn't look, because he used to really look, even though he wore big suits, he looked lanky. Now he does it. Now he looks kind of more like a square up there. <laughs> Next year, he's just going to roll out in a tank. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be a tank suit. And then uh, Eric Singer. Eric Singer's really kind of like just doing the, he's doing the Peter Chris out there. It used to be that it was so noticeable Eric Singer was playing instead of Peter Chris because you get so much more power out of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Now he's kind of just kind of laying back and doing the Peter Chris thing. So it's kind of less noticeable. A drum solo in front of no people is really like the worst. <laughs> the worst idea. I I don't even I guess it's so that so the other dudes could take a break. Yeah. So he did that. And then of course it was Tommy Thayer and uh you know Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. But it was an, it, it was an entertaining show. One thing that I found out because I was like, what the fuck? Did they change the words? Was that you cannot cuss on a stage in Dubai. Mm. You can't say bitch. You cannot say fuck. So it was, sorry to take it so long. It must have been a trip while I was gone. <laughs> and I was like, what? What was that? But yeah, they had to change it because you can't say a bitch. Yeah. Like literally you could get fined or they could drag you off the fucking stage. Yeah, I was going to say so much for the kiss deep cut. Fuck them bitches. <laughs> yeah. Kiss went out with a bang on New Year's Eve and um, they're talking about they want to do it next year again for a crowd. So <laughs> I don't think the end of the road is ending yeah. anytime soon as far as I think it, it's just going to be the tour that keeps on going and going. And if they come back, fuck it. I'll see them again. Oh, totally. <laughs> so a couple of things we, we skipped over in our little wrap up that I just wanted to briefly mention is uh, Diamond Head put out Lightning to the Nations 2020. Oh, yeah. I think this is back in September. And it's basically um, they re-recorded the hits from that album. Right. With the new band, because it's only Brian Tatler of the original band. 
So they, I can see wanting to put how the the song sound now on it, plus some covers. Mm-hmm. So there was, um, it kind of it threw me off because I was like, oh, that's interesting. But the uh, the re recording of it has uh, the you know off of the original album, it has "Lightning to the Nations," "The Prince," "Sucking My Love," "Am I Evil," "Sweet and Innocent," "It's Electric," "Helpless." Then it has "No Remorse" by Metallica. Um, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, Sinner uh, by Priest, and Rat Bat Blue by Deep Purple, which is a Deep Purple song I had never heard before. And not a, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> but the other thing that came out um, not that long ago is uh, David Lee Roth finally released a track from his record he did with John Five. Uh, right. and, and is saying that there's more to come. I think he's going to release the whole thing next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he released the song uh, somewhere over the the Rainbow Bar and Grill, right? Uh, which it, interesting choice to be like this is one of my songs I did with John Five because it's an acoustic ballad type thing, mm-hmm. and it's a very different vibe for Dave. You know, it's you know you don't get introspective David Lee Roth very often. Yeah. And it's a sweet little song. I enjoyed it. You know, I'm interested to see what the rest of that record will sound like. But those were a couple of things that I thought were kind of cool towards the end of the year. So totally, I, I would be, I would be, uh, I've actually been looking forward to hearing that for a while. John Five does say on uh, this interview that I just read that there are several acoustic songs on there, and that was kind of the mood of the time. But there's other shit on there too. So yeah, man. Uh, be looking forward to seeing that and then you know just fuck man hope there's some concerts in in 2021 wondering what it's going to be like um big venues small venues what are the rules going to be like you know but yeah man hopefully uh a lot of people recorded during this quarantine and there'll be some cool shit and you know maybe some of the some of our old bands are rested up and ready to hit the road again <laughs> rest their knees yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah man uh 2020 good fucking riddance uh 2021 <laughs> here we come all right happy new year everybody all right happy new year so we'll be back next time with the final 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 van halen one which will be the the deep dive into Van Halen 1. And we'll see what 2021 brings as far as the Metal Shop podcast and heavy metal in general. All right. All right. So until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out. Mm-hmm.